0: Welcome to the Limitless Career Podcast, the show where you hear the how, why and what it takes to build an ambitious and fulfilling career that stands out. Around here we believe that ambition isn't a dirty word and each episode will show you exactly what I mean. I'm your host, Jazz Broughton, certified career coach on a mission to empower you to embrace ambition, create your own rules, and create a career and life you never thought possible. I do this work and more with a dose of reality, curiosity, challenge, and intention to enable you to show up and go get the growth your ambitious career deserves. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of the Limitless Career Podcast. I'm so excited to have the guest that I have today, Anita Powell. Hi, Anita. How are you? Hello. Hello, I'm well, thank you. Great, great. Can you just give an intro to you, uh, what you do (laughs) for our audience? Well, what is... I'm actually...
1: um a community worker and i'm self-employed as a community worker so i work on different types of um community projects um uh, yeah so that 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 is that's a simple term but yeah it, it varies mm. it can be from um teaching young kids how to um do like podcasting um unemployed people how to um use the media to develop their social skills and their communication skills and improve their employability. Um, but I also do support work with different parts of the community and I do stuff around the menopause as well. So my, my job description is really vague. It does cover loads of areas.
0: Yeah. How did you get into that type of work?
1: I've always done things around um, community-based collective thinking Type work, um, and I think naturally I have an element of activism in my personality. So I'm always um, mm. I'm always fascinated by causes um, and and um, equality um, and things like that. So even when I was doing like administrative work and things like that, I always had um, a cause that I supported or believed in or researched in. Um, and then somehow yeah. I kind of fell into it ooh, It was about... Um, at one point I was at home, a carer for my children and also a carer for my dad, who unfortunately passed away with cancer. And I decided to do just some voluntary work in a community radio station. And I did a community mm-hmm. radio show and things like that. And it did quite well because um, I won an award um, for my community radio show and some other stuff Amazing. I'd done as well Um uh, and I was featured in Marie Claire magazine in relation to it. So, mm-hmm. and and then I kind of fell into doing different projects around um, supporting women who, who um, was sca- escaping domestic violence and things like that. So I work on different projects. I'm employed by funders or people who receive funds and then they employ me to go out and, and deliver projects.
0: Yeah. Wow. That sounds amazing. And I love that it, it's a part of you, it's, as you described, you know, activism is in your personality, and and that kind of leads to how we met um, as as fellow podcasters, but also just having great conversations around menopause, right, one of those, those topics that is a part of life, but it somehow seems to get tucked into the shadows, you know, there's not as much education around it, and I guess it's true of many uh, health, concerns that affect women, right? They're kind of I don't know, they're kind of hidden in a very, very weird and bizarre way because everybody knows women and everybody lives with women and do you know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, it's so bizarre. But um so you formed the the well you are a founder of the menopause alliance in 2019 and that was something that I found quite interesting because our conversations veered into how A, having no widespread knowledge about this means that employers can be quite ignorant to the experiences of their staff that are experiencing it, but also empowering people to advocate for what they need um, as they would with learning disabilities or with going into parenthood, right? Being able to have those open conversations. What was it that caused you to, I guess, form the alliance in the first place?
1: I think for me, um, oh how can I? As a community worker, I worked with I work with all different parts of the community, and I found I was working with quite a few older women who were struggling to get back into work. So either. Um, mm-hmm. they were off work because they just couldn't handle it anymore and they'd taken some time off and they decided to go back in, um, or they were going back into work after their children had reached a certain age. And I found that they were talking about things which resonated with me. So it was stuff around health, tiredness, pain mm-hmm. in their joints, um, brain fog, um, anxiety, and also relationship issues as well. So they're they, they often... Um, when women go through the menopause, it can put a strain on relationships because because women don't, were not fully educated or are not fully educated on what they're going through. It can have an effect mm-hmm. on the relationship you have with your partner because they know less than you. Um, mm-hmm. So that was just a common theme. And one particular woman um, that stood out to me was a woman that unfortunately, uh, her marriage broke broke down and her husband kicked her out. And she was homeless. Wow. And um, she was in a shelter. Um, and I was working with her. And she went to the doctors. And she luckily came across a really good doctor who put on HRT. Yeah. Mm. Um, and once she was put on HRT, all her anxiety, um, her pain, her sadness, actually improved. Um, and these, she realised these were the things that caused her marriage breakdown. And while she was told while i was working with her and talking to her i also i've got issues like my hair was falling out my joints were hurt, hurting my um i was having, i still have sleep problems i still have these issues now yeah. um i'm going through them and i just didn't understand it and and then something else happened i went to a ted talk in london and a fertility expert stood up and she said as part of fertility, every woman needs to understand their menopause or the menopause of their, mama, their mother and their grandmother. I said, oh, for mm. what Has she explained that fertility, the end of your fertility is connected to the beginning of your menopause? Yeah, and every woman oh. is different. So some women, the family behaviour is that you start early, early menopause. That's just how the family behave. And culturally, no one talks about it so Mm -hmm. for some a lot of women she dealt with um their fertility issue was the fact that they they inherited early menopause but no one told them Wow. yeah so um so i went back and i did some research and i i learned so much and i realized oh my word there's so much stuff going out so much stuff about the menopause that no one talks about um, which has a major impact on most women in their late 40s to early 50s. And it continues for over a decade. Um, mm. It's not something... And I, I mean, you, we all heard about jokes about the menopause and HRT, but I literally thought it was like a light switch. You just wake up one day, yeah. period, stop, and just get on with it. That's it. But actually, it's something that can last for over a decade. It's something that can cause quite a lot of distress. It can lead to things mm-hmm. like osteoporosis. Um, so sometimes women in an older age they, um, um, they have uh, you know, the, their bone structure literally shatters because um, the, the change in their hormonal balance and the, the deficiency of estrogen and things like that in their in their structure means that mm. it has a knock-on effect on other things such as bones and, and whatever um, and also you more likely to lead to um, diabetes, Women are more likely to die from um, um, heart problems because the deficiency can have an impact on your heart and all these things. And no one actually tells you that that's what's going to happen. Um, yeah. And so, what and I went to my doctor and I had a really bad um, conversation with my, it was a locum, somebody I don't know. And I tried to start this conversation with them because I didn't understand what was going on with me. And I also, Realised that there's so much out there that we should know and the doctor i spoke to i've never seen this doctor since thank goodness and he basically (laughs) said women keep moaning about it you know um there's nothing wrong it's just part of growing old and there's nothing wrong with you um and just kind of just you know lose weight basically that's (laughs) so i never Mm. i i (laughs) put me right off talking to doctors Um, um But yeah, it it's it's just um uh, it was that's what really started me to kind of start the group because I realized there were loads of women out there who were suffering and I wanted to find out their experiences so I started a group with the intention of just meeting once a month with a bunch of women moaning about the menopause and it kind of took off. I think I only expected about a dozen women to turn up. Um mm. and on the Facebook group page within a few months 500 women joined. Um, yeah so i realized this was really big really it was it was way bigger than what i thought because as, as you said i'm not i don't have any medical knowledge i wanted to create a space where women could share knowledge um mm. because there was no every gp i went to not one had, not one single gp had a had a leaflet on the menopause most bookshops wow. didn't have anything on the menopause um there was no Eventbrite talking about the menopause at the time I did an Eventbrite search and I think within the country I found about two or three Eventbrite stuff talking about the menopause for the whole country um (laughs) so it's changed now if you put menopause in Eventbrite you you see hundreds and that's just in the period of three years
0: Wow, I think that even hearing the stories of the people that you've engaged with and helped with and, um you know, understanding, so HRT for those that are listening is hormone replacement therapy, is that right? Yeah, so just hearing a <laughs> the disconnect with essentially medical professionals kind of just taping over an issue not listening fully not having the full empathy you know even when you said that it reminded me of the time where you know I remember going to a doctor at a young age because of my my period pains and I went with my mom because I was concerned you know and she was concerned because me and all, all my sisters have bad period pains but so do my aunts and stuff so even when you said that, I just remember going there and then telling her that I should go on contraception. I'm 14. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, we get advised to do all these seismic things with regards to our hormones and our reproductive health, but it's also our health in general, um, that it just, oh, it just frustrates me even to this day. And it's almost this, this energy of you should just be quiet and grin and bear it when really we need to have more conversations about it I, as a society, but also within our families. Everybody wants to talk about pregnancy and the wonder of of that stuff, right? They want to talk about the wonder of being a woman. But it's like, that's all part of it. And even when I think about the women that I know that are um, that have been through menopause, going through menopause, and again, these are members of my family only, you know, that's the only perspective that I see. The age that they're experiencing that is the age where they are meant to be in their prime. You know, I'm talking about my aunts that are like, for my birthday, I'm going to Miami and it's a girl's trip. And I'm, you know, and that's what it's meant to be. And they're in those senior positions, you know, they're in those director level positions in the workplace. And when you hear about what they have to go through just to endure one week of symptoms that can be quite erratic... Having that support system, having that community is so, so, so powerful. And that's one thing that comes to mind a lot is I think it's easy to or or not easy to. I feel like pre-pandemic there was this perspective that if you are experiencing any discomfort, pain, illness within your physical person, you grin and bear it, bear it and you crack on. But it's difficult to do that if you don't recognise who you are in the mirror. If you're having an argument with your partner and you walk away from it going, why did, what did, how, what? That's, you know, it just sounds like a complete evolution of who you are. And just like any evolution of who you are, that needs to have a space to understand, to be supported in exploring that, be supported in going, do you know what? I don't know what's going on with me right now, but... I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to find the methods that work. I'm trying to find medication, treatments, processes, routines. And sometimes that requires space. Sometimes that needs time off work, that needs a flexible working schedule. Heck, sometimes that needs a a whole career break, you know, a sabbatical or something like that. So I think it's such a gray area in society, but also within the workplace.
1: Definitely definitely um loads of women i mean i I mentioned to you before that i was um helping women to get back when i mean by helping women women to get back into work it's more so confidence building um Mm. rather than cvs and things like that because some of these women uh, i I was working with they had really high jobs before they had a break or you know Mm. i so that i've had a break because they emotionally decided they they couldn't do work um or, yeah. or um, a child break and they, their confidence was totally shattered uh, but there was also a hormonal reason why some of these women could not go back to work and mm. the menopause is a hormonal imbalance or depletion that's what it's as simple as that and that depletion or, the, or imbalance could cause biological reactions within the body and one of them is anxiety and depression, and a large proportion mm-hmm. of women who go to a doctor um, and they have an emotional issues are issued with antidepressants, rather than giving them medication to balance the hormones, which would alleviate mm-hmm. the, the anxiety.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is oh, that is so huge, and just having the space to look at those connections. And understand that there could be other things that are going it's not always as sort of clear-cut because even when I think about it um, a lot of the times you know I've had experience of anxiety and depression and I had to go through therapy to find out what the triggers were and then the coping mechanisms and things like that and one of the things that they thankfully did ask me is are you on anything that affects your hormones? you know, what medications are you taking? What do they contain? As well as the, you know, the standard questions about lifestyle, how often do you drink, do you smoke, all of that stuff. But I think looking at health holistically can get us more favourable outcomes than just one plus one equals two. And I get it. We're having this conversation in the UK, the NHS is stretched and woof there's a lot to unpack there but having those spaces to even just get that knowledge socialized that hey like here's a checklist of things that you should just think about and I guess that brings me on to I guess maybe asking you if there were maybe three things that you could say to somebody who's listening to us today and is struggling in in the workplace and experiencing either menopause or perimenopause what would be the things that you'd recommend them to either look into Um, check out find out more about
1: the things even though i i'm definitely more educated on the menopause now than i was Mm. a few years ago the problem with regards to the menopause is also the national health service and medical field because the reason why women don't Mm. know so much about the menopause is because we have more female doctors now but for hundreds of years all doctors were men And because Mm. it was a female issue that affected potentially relationships, women, for whatever reason, decided not to share their struggles Mm. with men or men ignored it or it's like, you know, um, she's not well, she's got hysteria because that used to be a medical Mm. condition for a woman who was struggling. Um, So so, so it's really hard to kind of give somebody advice because sometimes, I mean, the best advice is go to a GP. But the problem is Mm. that they are also part of the problem because Mm. uh, up until recently, it still might be the case, actually, because I think now the more GPs are taking up the option as part of their training to be trained on the menopause. But before it was optional. So Mm. even though um, the menopause is something that affects every woman over a certain age, GPs could choose not to be educated on it um and yeah. because of that the best thing to do would be to go to a gp but as i said i had a really bad experience with my gp to the point where i didn't really want to talk to my gp about it because i didn't know what i was talking about and they didn't care mm. um so the best thing i would say i suppose go to your gp gp but also be educated on what it is and be aware yeah. and also be aware of the obstacles of it so you will find people in society who are fed up with hearing about the menopause and it could be that they're in your workplace they could it it could be that it's members members of your family and they would be an obstruction for you to actually kind of problem solve what you're going through Um, but if you can find a compassionate manager or if your organization has a menopause policy that will help. Mm. So if there's a menopause policy, then you could go to HR or the person who deals with that topic and say, well, we've got a menopause policy. I need you to kind of, I need to kind of, I need you to work with me to accommodate my menopause. And as part of that, it could be if someone experiences hot flushes, they might be best sitting near the window something mm. as simple as that but it could be that you have to rearrange the whole office for them to sit near a window um, yeah. and if they need the window open but somebody else in the office does not want it open then mm. you have to have a manager who can i can manage that situation because it can cause internal conflict um, yeah. if you um are experiencing anxiety antidepressants might help because it might not be mm-hmm. menopausal. I'm not an expert, but you need to be analytical with your anxiety, your anxiety, anxiety, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Cause one of the things they're talking about now is if you have a lot of anxiety in which a lot of people have in the workplace, that actually CBT might be a really good thing to help because sometimes yeah. CBT can help you manage that feeling of, that you're going through so it doesn't grow any further so a lot of women if they've got hot cold flushes that's uncomfortable but the worst thing about it is being embarrassed while you're at work and therefore it yeah. amplifies that suffering and in certain positions women leave leave their jobs because they don't want to deal with that um and it, one thing i found really strange is one of the, one of the worst working environments at one point i don't know if it's the same now for women um in work and menopause was national health service because national health service Mm. have a high proportion of women that work in that space and a large proportion of women lean over um clients or customers or patients and if they're hot Mm. and sweaty yeah it makes them feel embarrassed and actually for some nurses they actually leave their professions but to summarize i think you have to go to your gp but also educate yourself and if you can get your workplace to create a menopause policy that starts to dialogue with your hr or with your manager um mm. but but sometimes you might not feel comfortable if you work in an all-male space to talk about menopause policy i mean it's so
0: complicated if yeah. that helps it is. No, no, that definitely helps. That helps so much. And I think one thing that I definitely think I'll do, you know, even hearing you talk, my paternal grandmother was celebrating her 80th birthday this month. And as much as I understand some of my aunt's experiences, um, and my mum hasn't gone through menopause yet, um, but perimenopause, yes, she has, and she's been quite open about that. It's a conversation that I wanna, I wanna have um, about. Ages, <laughs> symptoms, experiences, um, and I'm in my early 30s, right? Because I I think it's something that all of us can stand to have some awareness of, so that if there is somebody who's experiencing it and you maybe aren't in HR but you are a trusted person that they can talk to, you can advocate for them. There's so many policies in the workplace that are created by people who don't have the direct experience, but are saying, "Hey." Do we have something here that supports those folks to be able to work in the way that works for them? You know, hey, remote working isn't just about pandemic or no pandemic. Sometimes having a very open, no questions asked policy on working remotely is helpful for somebody who's just like, look, today there's a lot going on with me and I need to be able to adjust the temperature at a drop of a hat. You know, and that, you know, again, that's talking about just one of the experiences, one of the the parts um, of menopause that can occur for people. So it's so, so, so important. We, we, we're getting there with what we do around taking sick days for mental health and having breastfeeding rooms for mothers returning to the workplace. We have to continue it because the experience isn't just that right a lot of it kind of comes with it so I'd encourage anyone who's listening as well who is a little bit further away from the experience or again based on our conversation you never know how far away you are um, from it is to have those conversations with the the older generations in your family about that experience so that you can not only support each other but have an understanding of what genetically happens Um, to the women in your family if you can Um, and of course those menopause policies which again is something that I'd never thought of Um, but again it's one of those things where it's like oh I will think about it when it comes but it's like "Mm." (laughs) right that's not making our workplaces more inclusive for people who are already having that experience and already feeling feelings of embarrassment or low confidence or making it you know hesitating about growing in their career or re-entering it because of this taboo because that's what it is it still is that very much in a workplace um but I I'm also here to say that we need we need women of a certain age in the workplace and you deserve to be there you 1000% deserve to be there and I say this as somebody who works in tech where the average age of anybody is actually really quite very young right it's really very young and it's like oh come on i you know we need to have that diversity when it comes to age and this is what it means you know it's not just the diversity it's having the inclusion it's having the policies and ensuring that they can come in and advocate for their needs without it being something awkward without it being um something that is seen as problematic right um, but it being seen as just any other type of inclusion and support that we give to staff that we give to teammates that we give to ambitious women in the workplace that want to stay there.
1: yeah and it, and it, it does need to be supported because so many women in their predominantly in their fifties just decide to go for career changes. Um, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons why is they they can't they don't want to be in a space that they're in and if more support was offered then actually the women might just stay because it, mm-hmm. they no longer have the awkwardness of feeling too hot or too cold where they sit and they can openly talk to their work colleagues about it. Um, so therefore they 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 make allowances to understand that person need some time whatever but they'll be back on mm. it straight away afterwards and that that's the asset that's who they that's we don't want to lose that experience um we yeah, are i mean i know women who who have changed jobs because they just don't want to you know they just can't do it um to the same level mm. as they did before but it's not because they haven't got the capacity it's because they have additional obstacles.
0: Oh, that's it. Obstacles. Obstacles can have you doubting yourself so much. So, so so much. I see it all the time with my clients. I see it all the time with just conversations with my peers. um and we 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 it's so easy to default to this place of not enough, this place of there's something wrong with me. When it's this, is this is a part of your reality, this is a part of your experience, this is an obstacle that you face. It doesn't take away from your talent, your skill, your capability, it doesn't take away from everything you've achieved thus far, but it can be so difficult to see past. Definitely. Um, I mean, also, also
1: I'd, um, I'd like to mention, I don't know if you're going to cover as well, because I also co founder Black mm. Women in Menopause. Cause that's the, yeah, because yeah, one of the things that we find uh, or that we've found because I work with different people is that there are also additional obstacles with regards to menopause and diversity. Um, mm. one is the fact that the ethnic groups just talk about menopause even less than other groups, mm. you know, as even though we talk about it more now than we did before, there's loads of ethnic communities that still don't talk about it. Um, And apparently some communities don't even have to have a word in certain languages for the word menopause because it's such a taboo. Um, And also, I mean, I'm a black female. One of the obstacles Mm. we're experiencing is that anxiety level shoots up um, during menopause. And for some women in the workplace who are black it's not helping because you're grumpy and moodier and therefore you more like to be stigmatized as the angry black woman you know in the workplace mm-hmm. um so it's having all kinds of negative effect on different parts of the female population um in and out yeah. of work but as we know what happens out of work comes into work you know if you've got problems at home mm-hmm. it has
0: an impact yeah, and what have you seen? So, in terms of Black women in menopause, how how do you work with folks? How do you support Black women? Well, what do that organisation? Um, black women
1: in menopause started online. It's still online now, and it started in two thousand and twenty. So, it started after the pandemic. And what we do is we have every two months we have an, a Zoom session where um, we get in a professional speaker. So a gynecologist mm. or someone who's an expert on hair, because hair is affected by menopause, a nutritionist mm. who uh, talks about the best food um, to eat during your menopause. Because food can have an impact as well um, yeah. during the menopause. Um, but it, but she talks about cultural food, which can be a positive and the negative mm. whereas traditionally these conversations are excluded from the general menopause conversation uh, and, and also it's really weird actually with regards to the menopause conversation it sometimes looks like a a repeat of um, the fe- feminist movement because it's got a lot mm. of middle-class Caucasian women in that space yeah and because of that sometimes people of diverse groups and working class groups as well don't engage with the conversation of menopause because they feel that it doesn't represent them or excludes them so it's yeah. it's actually quite complicated that different parts or different women from different communities are struggling because the people who are talking about it don't resonate with them um, and that's mm. partly why black women in menopause we actually embrace everyone but the narrative is black women so anyone's welcome to any of our sessions but you know we you know if we're talking about hair it will always be afro hair if we're talking about food we incorporate the conversation around cultural food
0: yeah that's important that's so so important I remember going to a session with a nutritionist and it was all the ingredients that I'd find in Tesco's but not you know at the grocers down the road is aki and saltfish good for me Okay, for me to ask that question, I need to explain to you what Aki is.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You (laughs) know, know? it's 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 that. that.
0: And it's it's important because these are the things that make it relevant and make it more effective. If I leave a session that's only talking to me about quinoa and spinach, I, I know what that is. But when I look at how I've just done my food shopping, I'm not really sure how I should be applying it (laughs) you know it doesn't it doesn't fit how I live my life you know what does what does that look like
1: I mean I discovered especially doing stuff around um, stuff around the menopause and then Covid is that it's really Mm -hmm. important when it comes to health that the default of the conversation is yourself Um, and I discovered I discovered that I mean, for instance, with COVID, we know that loads of people of colour have struggled. And one of the reasons why a lot of people of colour struggled is because we, a large proportion of ethnic minority groups have a vitamin D deficiency. Because Mm. once you have darker skin, you need more vitamin D. But no one's bothered to tell anyone, in my opinion. So, So just something simple as that increase even, even if you do take vitamin d tablets and you do go outside if you've got darker skin just knowing you should spend longer or take more that alone improves your immunity and reduces it's the huge. impact of things like covid but it also helps with um and the menopause as well so vitamin d is a really good vitamin to take to help minimize the menopause um mm. but no one really discussed it and also discussed discussed how much you should take um, yeah. but yeah making yourself the narrative the default narrative is key I think when it comes to um,
0: self care oh 100% and I think even that is something that we need to see more of exemplified because I know all too many women and then even more so black women who exist under this can't complain, I don't worry about me you layer in faith, and it's like, God is good, I'm still here. Meanwhile, it's like, no, 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 no. You, what's going on? You're in pain, you're in discomfort. Things are changing. Advocate for yourself, book the appointment with the GP, have the conversation because you deserve to take up space. And I think there's an element of discomfort with that where it's like, oh, no, no, I won't go to the fr- I won't put my hand up or I won't share my experience. But share every experience that's shared is enlightening anyone else who's in that room. It's enlightening anyone else who's on that Zoom call to learn something new or think differently about something or to have the empathy for something else. So I, I really applaud the work that you're doing. And I'm so glad that we've been having having this conversation today how can people stay connected with you follow your journey you know share these communities right to the people in their lives who would really really benefit from it
1: um well if they want to contact me or just on twitter my twitter handle Mm -hmm. is i am anita powell so it's as simple as that if they want to listen to my podcast it's black menopause and beyond Um, So if Mm -hmm. you go to your podcast, um, you know, organisation, whoever you listen to, that's how you find my podcast. If you want to find out a bit more information about black women in menopause, then we're on Twitter um and also on instagram and we're on facebook but all you have to do is put black women in menopause and the search will produce any of those um if you want to find out about menopause alliance um just put <laughs> menopause alliance um at bedfordshire
0: because i'm based in bedfordshire um mm-hmm. in search and that's how you find us amazing thank you so much for sharing those resources and we'll be putting all those links in the show notes um as well as on the website Link to other um sort of things that we've mentioned hrt um going to your gp and you know some of the research that we see as well
1: also it's not just hrt there's testosterone and there's also the marina quill there's other stuff it's there's loads of things you could take um Yeah. yeah yeah so i don't know how you're gonna um yeah But there's loads of things you can take in relation to it, but a doctor needs to prescribe it and the doctor needs to know what's Mm -hmm. out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much, Anita. Thank you so much for joining us and having this conversation. And um, yeah, I look forward to watching your journey. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Limitless Career Podcast, where you hear the how, why, and what it takes to build a career that stands out. If anything from today's episode has impacted you, I'd love to hear about it. So reach out on social media or by email. Don't forget to check the links in the show notes to find out how we can work together, get your hands on some juicy resources, and join the mailing list for more fuel for your ambition. Until next time, take care.